You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks, we are back and we are talking about a new movie. That's right, we went to the theater and we saw The Batman. Bum, bum, bum. I should put in the Danny Elfman theme or something like that right at that point. But it should be actually pretty cool to see, you know, to see Batman back on the screen in a very dark adventure, which, you know, was kind of surprising how dark and gritty this was and i'm going to have a blast talking with these wonderful people we're going to have on the show of course let's always welcome my dark knight detective mr mike gordon howdy oh wait howdy that's better (laughs) yeah we all have to talk that way during this you know then it'll be a five minute episode well, yeah, we're all going to be like, <coughs> get that personal lossage. You know, it should be a ton of fun. It's It was cool to see a true Dark Knight detective. And I'm going to be very curious to hear what everyone thought of it and how, you know, going forward, what they can do with this. It's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Of course, we have yeah, our so movie. Much so- Oh, so much so that uh, so no, I was just about to say so much so that this is the entire show. We are combining our review with rants and raves. We're ranting and raving about the Batman. We're doing our review. Everything is associated with the Batman. And as a surprise, we're interviewing Batman and putting him into the geek seat. No, just kidding. <laughs> Again, that would be a short interview. Yeah, it would be because <laughs> Batman would be able to get out of it and just like that. So it would be cool. But we got a great crew to talk all about it tonight with us. Of course, let's welcome our co-host for tonight, James, back for your number two. Yes, sir. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Excellent, sir. We didn't scare you away with our Peacemaker episode, so I guess we're here to talk about the Batman. Yes, the Batman. So when we say the Batman, we have to do it in the deep, brooding voice. The Batman. Actually, he never referred to himself as that. I am vengeance. Yeah, that's how he has to go. So, awesome. Well, how was your week? It was good. Have you basked in your celebrity of being on a podcast? Oh yes, yes. Uh, you know, it was it was really interesting going back and looking at it. You know, because like I said, I'm interested in doing my own podcast, and I'm you know made a lot of notes, and then going back and looking at it and say, okay, I can do this, I can do that. Uh, I love the experience. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, dude, it's been a blast, and looking forward to he's, seeing. He's this. learning what not to do. Exactly. <laughs> Listen to Earth Station One and you will do the opposite and have a great podcast. It'll be <laughs> awesome. So it's it's great. You know, we teach you what not to do with podcasting and go forward from there. So very cool with that. And James, you know, I'd like you to meet our movie crew. We have joining us tonight, of course, Ms. Ashley Pauls. Hello. Always a pleasure to be back. Are you ready to talk about the Batman? 
Oh, yes, I am. I have, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so I have more scratchy throat. So on the way uh, into work this morning, I was entertaining myself by practicing saying, I am vengeance in my deep voice. I'm, I'm not going to force you all to listen to it. No, we, you, you brought it up. You brought it up. You have to do it. You have to do I'm it. vengeance. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> now I'm going to go cough up a lung. <laughs> well, that's just what the audience always wanted to hear Ashley doing. I am vengeance. It's a one-time only performance. Oh, what do you mean? I'm going to be separating that from the rest of the show and oh, making no. that into a me. It's going to be Gosh. now. Whenever we introduce you now on the show from now on, it's going to have "I am vengeance." <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and returning back to the show after way too darn long, Alex Autry's here. Yeah, I'm. I'm not doing the uh, the the Batman voice. I I, I can't. I'm about to catch a cold. So I'm fighting it right now. Um, but it's glad to be back. It's good to be back. And uh, it's great to be able to talk about this movie with uh, the best possible people to talk to about it and Mike. Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't know which Mike he's referring to, but, you know. Oh, <laughs> well, I've insulted two people. That's not yeah. bad. <laughs> wow. I now I know why he hasn't been here for a while. So <laughs> there you go. Well, it's great to have you here, movie folks, and folks at home, we're very glad to have you here, too. Please, we want to hear what you thought of the Batman. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. Let us know what you guys thought. I would love to hear, you know, each one of you send us an MP3 of your recordings of I Am Vengeance. (laughs) That would be just awesome. It would be, that would be a geek out moment for me. That truly, truly would be. And, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, I just think it's pretty cool to have lighter moments like this. So we went to go see Batman. So, you know, it's always awesome like that. That's 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 where we are at now, is that uh, <laughs> the Batman is a lighter experience than real life. Mm, very much so. <laughs> oh, that's really Looking scary. at Gotham going, wow, that'd be a great place to live. <laughs> I'd have a swimming pool right outside my stairs and everything. Oh, if we haven't mentioned it yet, we're going to be spoiling the hell out of this one, folks. How exciting! <laughs> Spoilers. So, if you haven't seen the Batman yet, please put us on pause, go see it, then come back and listen, because we don't want people writing us. Why'd you have to tell me all the plot, man? I was going to go see it later, but I wanted to hear you guys. It's like. Guys, what do you think we're talking about a review of the Batman? Oh, it's the Batman. Sorry, I had to get that back. So just wanted to say that and get that off my chest. But yes, we're going to be spoiling it. So definitely be prepared. Uh, if you want, please tell your friends, tell your neighbors, and please subscribe to Earth Station One up on Apple, up on Google, up on Stitcher, Spotify, you know, anywhere you could think of listening to podcasts. Our station one's there, even though I did find out we are not on TuneIn. So I've got to rectify Yet. that. Yet. I've got to rectify it this week. So I will take care of that. But it's it's pretty darn awesome that, you know, we are on these different, you know, platforms and we get to talk all to you guys and we listen to have people all around the world. And like we mentioned last time, we did have listeners and hopefully they're still with us over in Ukraine. And, you know, folks, we got to keep positive that something's going to happen good out of this. Fingers uh, although, crossed. although, to be fair, if we're being listened to in the Ukraine, pause the audio now because they didn't get the Batman. 
No, neither in Russia. Right. Either. So yeah. So don't don't yeah. Pause it right now. When this whole th- thing is over, you know, it'll be on. You can HBO. press play again. Yeah. You can, it's going to be on HBO Max starting in April. I heard so. It's so it's be very cool. So it should be very interesting to see. So hopefully you'll be able to see it. All right, but you know, if you like us, please give us a thumbs up. Give us a four stars, five stars, depending on how many you feel like giving. Five stars is always the best. Four stars is the worst. So that's what I like to say. So please listen and, you know, leave us a review. We've gotten some new ones lately. And thank you, thank you for those who have been leaving reviews. We do appreciate it. And speaking of people we appreciate, let's say hey to our patrons. Patreon folks, we love you guys. We love you so much. Mike and I actually did an extra podcast for you guys. We just posted, as of this po- as of recording time right now, we posted the new episode of Rants and Raves where Mike and I actually talked about Around the World in 80 Days with David Tennant. It was awesome. It was a really fun adventure. And Mike and I chat about it. And it was pretty cool to see, pretty cool to, you know, watch. And you know what? If you haven't read the books still watch it. It's a lot of fun. Hell, if you read the books, you'll probably go, I don't remember that part being in the the book. So it's even better. So definitely check it out. Mike and I talk about all that and it's available exclusive only to our patrons. And you too could become a Patreon folk for as little as a dollar a month. That's right. $1 a month. You could support the ESO network. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Not too shabby, folks. Also, a big shout-out to Tofosi Optical. Spring is here. We were 80 degrees yesterday in Atlanta. Sunny, beautiful, and humidity is not here yet. Pollen is just starting, so we don't even have the green snow yet. So it's pretty awesome with that. So definitely worth checking out um, Tofosi Optical to go out and enjoy the beautiful sun and be protected from the sun. And if you want blue light glasses, you know what? have blue clay glasses to help protect your eyes. It's always going to be cool. So it is going to be a great time to get sunglasses and our friends at Tifosi optical. You know what? You can do your own color lenses, your own color frames. It's pretty cool. And you know what? If you have a prescription like I do, they take that too and put it into your sunglasses. And um, it's not that expensive, folks. Definitely worth checking out. And you know what? If you put in the coupon code, Earth Station One, you get 10% off your order. Not just one pair of glasses, as we like to say. It's off your whole order. Tofosi Optics. Check it out. Rithers to match. The 
can take care of myself. If this continues, it won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? I'm vengeance. Mr. Mike, I think you are ready. ready we are ready. We ready? are ready. Finally. Ready? Are you ready to be vengeance, my friend? We are ready. And as you said, this is going to be uh, spoiler filled because we're going to go take a deep dive into the Batman, uh, the latest release from Warner Brothers uh, in 1989. Warner Brothers gave us a our first look at a, a darker Batman, certainly darker than anything had been depicted in live action before, uh, with Tim Burton at the helm. Uh, and then in 2005, uh, we got Christopher Nolan gave us an even darker uh, Dark Knight. Uh, in 2017, uh, Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon, depending on your point of view, gave us a really, really dark uh, night who um, wanted, he was so dark he wanted to kill Superman. Um, and now it's 2022, and this... Why'd you say that name? Why'd you <laughs> say that name? <laughs> this uh, this Batman uh, by Matt Reeves might be the darkest yet. Uh, so he just keeps getting darker and darker. And yet, um, I think there's still uh, some light there. So um, it'll be really interesting to see what everybody thought. But first, of course, since the we have the triumphant return of Alex, we need a box office report, man. It's been too long. It has. And uh, part of the problem with that, of course, is the fact that there really hasn't been a whole lot of the box office to talk about. <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. So this movie off of 4,400 screens uh, nationwide pulled in a domestic box of $134 million. To give you an idea of just how much money that is, number two at the box office was Uncharted with $11 million. Whoa. So, Right. So essentially, for every ten tickets that the Batman sold, um, yeah, it's uh, it it did pretty well for itself at the at the box office this weekend. It is the second uh, uh, highest uh, uh, pandemic era opening weekend uh, mm-hmm. behind Spider Man in the U.S. and it's the third uh, in the U.K. behind uh, Spider Man and No Time to Die. Wow. Well, I guess they they. They appreciate James Bond a little bit more over there. They uh, like their Jimmy Bond. Yes, they do. Uh, so um, that's that's real. Yes, and and who knows? I mean, 
this is obviously a good thing for Warner Brothers. Uh, this is their first big release since their, uh, since they decided to not do the day and date release on HBO Max, right? So yeah. no, we don't. You know, this is the first time we don't have the option to watch it. We have to wait forty five days before it's going to be on HBO Max. Um, uh, and uh, and I think even at that time, I don't think Spider Man will still be available on streaming because that's. I mean, they've really extended. Uh, Sony and Marvel have really extended how far, how long, like they have until they stream and and make things available. Because Spider Man, I understand, was like fourth or fifth this weekend, number four at the box office it's, with four million dollars. Yeah, it's, it's still and it's twelfth week. It's twelfth yeah. week at the box office. It's still cranking out money. Like yeah, yeah, it it pulled in half the numbers of Uncharted and Uncharted's new, which is funny. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, but it's a good start, right? I mean, we don't know what what the future holds as far as uh, we do know that in in March there's not a lot of big releases from other studios. Uh, right. So so Batman really has the whole month to make a ton of money. This movie is tracking to pull in probably about three hundred and fifty million dollars. That's great. Uh, which for a March release is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you don't normally see numbers like that until you get a May movie. Um, rarities like Deadpool, which was released on Valentine's Day, uh, did that sort of thing. And I want to say we had one more uh, two, three years ago uh, that did a huge march, and I honestly cannot remember what it was. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, for it to for it to have done this kind of money uh, in March at the tail end of a pandemic uh, is pretty fantastic. Yeah. And and as far as, you know, it's also got, in addition to COVID, uh, worldwide, it's also got, um, you know, the, the issue where it's not going to be released in a lot of countries overseas just because of what's going on over there. Yeah. So, so obviously, that's a big hole that they're going to have to fill anyway. But I think, I think everybody at Warner Brothers is pretty happy. Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I, I should hope so. Uh, because you never know with a DC movie what you're going to get. Right. Um, there wasn't, um, and unlike a lot of other DC movies, this, this didn't have a lot of like fan or trolling backlash associated with it before its release. In fact, um, I think the word of mouth on it was pretty, really positive. Uh, at least I, I mean, I tried to stay away from all that, but, um, even I could see headlines and everything and people just early reactions seemed like it was really crazy good about this, about this movie. So let's get into what you guys thought. Ashley, what were your thoughts going into this movie? And what were you expecting? And overall, what did you feel like when you came out? Like like three days later. Yeah, this is a yeah, long one. So- <laughs> this, is, this is three hours. So going prepared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I My primary excitement for this movie wasn't necessarily because it was a Batman movie. I mean, I enjoy superhero films in general, obviously, but because of Matt Reeves as the director, I was really impressed with his Planet of the Apes movies. I feel like those were movies that I was not necessarily looking forward to. I was like, do they really need to reboot this? But I was really impressed by how much depth and thought-provoking material he was able to put into those movies. And so I was really curious and excited to see what he would do with the Batman I know it's been fairly divisive, but I I do enjoy some of Zack Snyder's take on the DC Cinematic Universe. I really liked the Snyder cut of the Justice League, which is much better than the other Justice League, which I don't like to think about anymore. But I 
I'm kind of okay with seeing different takes on characters. Like there are many ways to tell a Batman story. So I like that we've gotten Christopher Nolan's version and then Zack Snyder's version and now Matt Reeves version. I think there's enough, obviously comic book history with the character like Batman, you can take a lot of different tones and pull out a lot of different stories from the material. So I didn't necessarily think it was an unnecessary retread. And after seeing it, I'm really glad that they gave Bat, uh, Matt Reeves a chance to make a Batman movie. I really loved how they emphasized the very noir and detective feel. I think that was something that was new and exciting to see. It really felt like I was watching something fresh and different. And Batman was almost more of an act, a detective than an action hero. And you focused in on all the crime stuff going on and how he's trying to solve all these puzzles. And so I really enjoyed the take on it. And I also appreciate that they didn't necessarily bring in other superheroes, that they kept this more of a grounded Batman story. I would like them to kind of have their separate Justice League stuff going on over there and then just this kind of their own uh, Batman universe. So I was I was excited by what I saw, even though it was a tad long. I think maybe they could have shaved just a little time off of it because I think if it's not Lord of the Rings, three hours is a little bit long for a movie. But overall, really pleased with what I saw. Yeah, very good, very good. And and just so people know, I, you don't have very much experience with him as a comic character, right? It's mainly just the movies and TV and whatnot, right? Yes, mostly. I watched um, some of the old Adam West Batman back in the day, and then sure. uh, Christopher Nolan was my primary introduction to the character. But I really enjoyed seeing all the different takes on Batman on film and seeing what different actors can bring to it, especially unexpected actors like i don't know that i ever would have picked ben affleck or robert pattinson to play batman like off a short list of actors but i think they both brought something really interesting to it yeah yeah that's fair that's fair uh alex what about you what about me what no um yeah no I, going into the film you know i had done i had done the the, the classic haha stuff of oh look you know the the sparkly vampire is now a batman um and, uh, you know, it, it's an easy joke to make. But the fact is, is Robert Pattinson has actually proven on more than one occasion that he can act. Um, so I really thought it was a good role for him. I was more intrigued by Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Uh, because, again, they could have gotten anybody for that part. And instead, they take Colin Farrell and, and cover him up with all his prosthetics and stuff. And uh, and went with it. And I was like, mm, you know, is, is that going to be what I want to see? Um, and it worked. It, it, it really it really worked. Um, sitting there and, and, and getting into the film as it's first starting. And we find out that the, the night one of it is October 31st. I immediately thought, oh, they're doing long Halloween. I thought so um, also. And since it turned out to be more hush than that, uh, I, I, I was a little on the disappointed side in that aspect because, man, Long Halloween is such a great detective story. Um, and, and I thought, ooh, is that what we're doing here? Is that can, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And then they didn't. Um, but uh, that's fine. Um, I loved the fact that it wasn't a superhero film. And that's one of the things I like. It's not a superhero film. It's not. It's a detective noir film. Oh, very much and so. The idea behind, and that's one of the things I liked about, you know, with 
with the original Hulk movie uh, with Captain America. These were with with Thor. These were not superhero films. One's a Jekyll Hyde story. Right. One is a is an Indiana Jones serial, and the other is 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 a fantasy. And and to just put those characters in that genre just makes for a better film. And uh, Ashley, I know, wasn't you know didn't didn't have to go through this, but in the past we have uh, like at this point when it comes to Batman and they announced X is going to be Batman, you know, um, I, I you just kind of go yeah okay because <laughs> we had Michael Keaton in the eighties, we had Mister Mom. The guy from Gung Ho, who was going to be Batman, and everybody sat there went, this is not going to work. And he's still considered by many to be the Batman. So um, Pattinson, uh, you know, I thought was was a great choice. I'm reading some of the trivia regarding his role and, and the performance of it, and it makes me want to see it again, uh, just to capture more of the nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going into it, I, I was like, you know, I'm expecting to have a good time. Um, and after hearing how long the movie was, I'm glad I stretched beforehand <laughs> and yeah, chose really. to get the small beverage. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's just a, yeah. The, the, they should really take into account that, uh, you know, the size of folks bladder these days, um, and, and attention span too, you know, for, for all of us who, you know, they say, they say that the modern folks uh, attention span is getting shorter and shorter, but the movies are getting longer and longer. I don't think anything has been released. That's been under two hours in the last year or so. So, um, and this is just, uh, even more so, but, um, but, uh, James, what about you? What did, what did you feel going in and coming out of this movie? Well, Kind of like what Alex just said, uh, I was hoping that I could get past the sparkly vampire visage. You know, I was like, okay, I know it's Robert Pattinson. I'm seeing him in other things. He's a very good actor, but I don't want to have that preconceived notion. So before I went to go watch the movie, I made sure I didn't watch any of the previews. I didn't read any of the, you know, spoiler not spoilers, but um predictions or anything like that and i made sure my wife wasn't watching twilight at all because she loves twilight so i could just you know isolate myself (laughs) and i went in expecting a batman movie but not the one i got the detective work made it amazing for me they went back to what to me batman is he is a detective he is highly intelligent and he figures things out. It seems like the last few Batmans to me, me personally, is it's a rich guy who has gadgets. And in this one, it was the exact opposite. He didn't have a lot of gadgets. They didn't emphasize his money. He really didn't care about the money. What he cared about was figuring out what the problem was and how he could solve it. And I love that about the movie. And I thought Zoe Kravitz did an amazing job as Catwoman. Very unique aspect to it. I thought it was very, very good. I really enjoyed the movie, but agreeing with Ashley and Alex and everybody else, it could have shaved off about 30 minutes or so, maybe a little less. But, yeah, I'm glad I got the small drink, and I will not be going back to the theater I went to because it was a new one, and the seats were uncomfortable. So that really oh, was not ouch. good. But other than that, amazing movie. Yeah, that would really suck. Um yeah, I didn't get to get. I didn't go into the premiere theater when I saw this either, so I didn't get the real comfort stretch back seats. But uh, 
Uh, I have to learn my lesson that way. But um, Mike, what about you? What uh, what were your thoughts going in and, and coming out? Because I could say that because none of us watched it streaming. No, not at all. It's really interesting going back to the theater. It was fun to watch this movie because you did get a true Dark Knight detective, like I said earlier in the show. And I was real critical of Robert Pattinson being uh, Batman. And, you know, I had the whole thing with Twilight and, you know, the jokes and everything. But then I watched The Lighthouse and that completely changed my opinion on him as an actor. And the only thing I was worried about was his American accent and he knocked it out of the park with that. And I thought him as Bruce Wayne, he was not the playboy Bruce Wayne. And this, he was more, oh, it's that weird rich kid who had his parents killed. who's just staying up in his mansion, um, Bruce Wayne. And, you know, basically a recluse. And he barely came out and everything. It was real interesting that in this movie, he was more Batman for almost most probably 80% of the movie and Bruce for like 20%. And, you know, like we've said in the past on the show, different actors have either played a really good Batman or a really good Bruce Wayne, but you never really got someone who was both. And I think we got it this time. I thought we got a really good mix with Robert and I don't want to, beside Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, he was amazing. And I love, you didn't get an origin. You didn't get how Commissioner Gordon and Batman met. They already trusted each other. They already knew each other in this. And I thought that was awesome. I thought that's what you needed. You needed a Batman story where he was already established, but he wasn't the Wiley veteran like he was in Batman v Superman and everything. But you got a you got a Batman that knew what he stuff that he was already known to the city that he was fear you know no and everything and I love that the whole beginning of the movie you had you started seeing all these different crimes happening but then when they saw the bat signal going up they knew he was around and that was so awesome when he walked he had spurs but he, he of course he didn't. <laughs> But right. he sounded like an old – it was like an Old West thing. When he when he was walking out of the shadows, that was so frippin' awesome. And there was so much good in this, so much – I didn't care that it was mostly dark during the movie and everything. I get bothered by that a, little, a lot of films. But it had kept to the noir feel. And uh, the way they did the Riddler was amazing. So I can't wait to go even further into that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, the entire cast and we'll get, we'll hopefully get to uh, talk more about that. Um, but, um, and, and just real briefly, I mean, my history with Batman is, is as long as I've been alive. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters, uh, reading them in comics, seeing him in cartoons, seeing him in live action, whatever. I just have enjoyed almost, uh, everything that I've seen with Batman. And there's been some bumps along the road, of course, uh, but, um, I must admit the going into this one, I wasn't super duper excited. I think I was just trying to keep my expectations down. Um, not because I didn't trust Matt Reeves, not because I didn't trust Robert Pattinson, because even though 
the last thing I'd seen him in was Twilight, the first Twilight movie. Um, I did understand from other people that he was putting in good performances and he was more than capable. And I trust Matt Reeves as well. He's not going to put someone in that, in that role. That's not, that's just going to mess it up. Uh, and in fact, I, I liked all the cast when they were announced, uh, the names and everything. So, um, so I just went in and, uh, yeah, this, this, this checked off all the boxes of what my favorite Batman stories are. Um, it's a detective story. It involves the, uh, Gotham underworld. It takes place around, I'd say maybe year two of Batman's career, I think maybe, you know, it's so we don't get the origin. We don't, you know, he's still like, like the car still stalls, right? Like when, when he goes to, when he goes to operate the Batmobile, it still stalls. So he's still got a few things to work on, uh, and he still can get fooled. Um, so he, he doesn't claim to have all the answers and, but you see that this is probably the first instance where some criminal has stepped up his game because of what Batman's doing, because of what Bruce is doing, which adds, you know, is going to open up a, a whole new door, which of course I would guess what, you know, the subsequent movies and stuff is going to be about. Um, but yes, you could tell that Matt Reeves inspir- was inspired by Batman year one, uh, the animated series, Long Halloween, uh, Earth One, um, all these stories are kind of like put in a blender. It also and, felt like he also added in a little bit of the Arkham Asylum games. Yep, and absolutely. Hush. Yeah. And Hush. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's all of that. Like, there's all of that. Those elements in here. Um, you know, I uh, I did hear one criticism uh, from someone that said that uh, they liked it, but they thought that maybe some of it would have made more sense if they had read the comic first. And that confused me because it's not based on a particular comic, but, um, but a series of them. But I think, I think the plot is so, uh, I don't want to say not simple. It's not complicated, but it's, it's not your typical superhero plot. Like, it's not just like, here's a bad guy. I'm going to beat him up. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here and it does require a little bit more from the audience uh, to to invest in, I think. Um, and so, and I like that. I appreciate that. Um, so much else I appreciate about the movie, the cinematography, um, the music. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's been a tradition, even if you count the 60s version, there's been a tradition of great Batman music. And so Michael uh, Giacomo had to help his work cut out for him. And yet he just knocks it out of the park. Because yeah. as you said, uh, Mike, it, it just those moments, especially in the beginning where he's setting the tone and he's, he's introducing the Batman, where you don't know what shadow he's going to come out of. Nobody knows what shadow he's going to come out with, out of, you know. And then, you know, the, the group of, I don't know, I, lack of a better word, I'll call them Joker gang. Um, but those group of guys in the subway, they, they drew the short straw because <laughs> uh, here he comes. And the music, you know, that that piano and the orchestra working together with the sound of his boots coming like it and him just coming out of the darkness like that. It's just it's one of the most beautiful shots of of the Batman I've ever seen of that character. It's so well done. If you're going to introduce a hero, if you're going to introduce this guy, that that's probably one of the best ways I've ever seen to do it. Um, and it's been done many, many times before and, and Matt Reeves comes up with something new and it's amazing. Um, you guys have kind of already talked about it, but I, I thought we'd start with 
Robert Pattinson, is there anything, because I, I know you guys have mentioned it, but Ashley, what did you think of, did you have a history with, I don't know what you feel about the Twilight movies, but did you have a history with Robert Pattinson? And what did you think of him in this movie? Yeah, I'd seen him in a couple of things. I am not a huge fan of Twilight, but I have seen those movies, not necessarily by choice, but that's another story for another time. But um, yeah, notice that he was in Harry Potter briefly. He played uh, Cedric uh, Diggory just a little bit. And like others have mentioned, I had heard um, quite a bit of praise for some of his other performances. So I was excited to see kind of an unconventional pick for the role. And I thought he did a really great job and playing like a young Batman, a Batman who's still figuring it out. And I really, really appreciated that they did not do the origin story. Like at this point, it's kind of like Spider-Man. We all know how Batman got to be Batman. (laughs) But yet, even though they didn't show that scene, they didn't need to because they worked in that trauma, that grief, that loss into his performance. You could see how that burden and the things he was carrying from his past impacted his uh, performance in where the character was at this time. I also liked his interactions with Alfred. Like they didn't quite have their relationship figured out yet, which makes sense. He's still trying to figure out what he's doing as a vigilante, still dealing with the loss of his parents and learning how to trust. Um, But yeah, I liked how they showed how good he was at being a detective, how smart he was. And I also really liked they made the distinction that this Batman doesn't kill, which I thought was really interesting with how dark this movie is. It's maybe the darkest, grittiest Batman we've gotten, but yet he has that line, he doesn't kill. So I thought that was really interesting contrast there with the darkness of the themes and the movie and the cinematography itself, but yet he does not want to kill. So he's trying to solve these crimes and let justice take its course. So I was really glad that they uh, took that route with the character. And took it seriously. I mean, yes. there's not, and, you know, others that said, well, he doesn't kill. But then you see, like, you know, in the course of fights, and you're like, well, there's not really a way that that guy's going to survive, right? Like, like, right. Yeah. like, I don't really buy that he's not killing these people. Um, even the Michael Keaton one, you know, like, um, but, uh, um, but yeah, you're right. The, the, he makes that distinction. And they even commented on it a couple times. I love how, I love Gordon's line where he's like, you know, where Batman says, like, no guns. He's like, hey, that's your thing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a cop. I'm going to use the gun. Like, I could use the gun. <laughs> That's part of my thing. Um, so uh, I like that. Um, uh, they had a good rapport together. Uh, I really yes. appreciated that. You know, as a, as a buddy cop relationship, sort of like it is in Batman Year One, where it's three of them. Uh, so you don't get the Harvey. You don't get the, uh, the, the lawyer aspect of it, the DA in this. But um, you do get the, the two sides of it, and they're working well together. The scene in the, in the police station where, they're, where he helps well, him escape is It was interesting, good. though, yeah. because the death of the DA in this opens the door completely in the sequel for Harvey Dent. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Well, anytime, anytime I've, I watch a Batman or a Gotham thing and, you know, Gordon's just a captain or a lieutenant, I, you know, and they introduce the character of the commissioner. I'm like, Ooh, you're going to die. I'm yep. sorry. He's doomed. <laughs> you, you're, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, I enjoy your performance, but you're not long for this story. I'm sure. I'm so, so, so sorry. 
sorry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, and 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 really, you know, when it comes, you know, that scene where Catwoman Selina is trying to kill her her father, and she's got certainly every right to, right? I mean, she's got she's been uh, hurt by this guy a lot, and his line about like, "You've suffered enough. Don't yeah. you don't need to suffer anymore by doing this." I thought, wow, I don't think I've ever quite heard it put that way. Like that's. I thought that was a really great line. That was really powerful. And I also liked at the very end where he's helping the civilians escape from the water. Like he realizes, oh, I've maybe gone a little bit too far into the violence. And so he wants to balance that out just by helping rescue people. That's, again, not something I've necessarily seen from Batman before. Just a guy on the ground helping pull people out of the water, put them on stretchers, get them evacuated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to get back to that because that was a really interesting process I had with that third act, um, which almost felt like a fourth act to me. Um, but uh, I want James. I want to hear from you. Like, what um, what did you think of Robert's performance and and Batman as a whole? Like how he's depicted in this, his outfit, his car, his his. You know, he doesn't have a lot of gadgets, but he has a few. Uh, I think Robert Pattinson did a great job uh, being both Bruce Wayne and Vengeance or Batman, whichever way you want to go with it. Uh, I think he did an amazing job trying to balance uh, the Vengeance character versus the Batman character. To me, the way I see it is Batman didn't show up until about halfway or three quarters of the way through the movie when he started realizing that Vengeance isn't the only answer that sometimes you got to do other things to help people because if you look at his notebook, he always, he needs that. I need to be better. He kept reiterating. I need to be better. I need to be better. And through the movie, you see that growth. And I think Robert Pattinson did an amazing job showing that visually and with the way he presented the dialogue in the movie, uh, the growth of Batman going from just wanting vengeance for what happened to him and other people to actually also wanting to help those that are innocent bystanders, like in the very end of the movie where you see him pulling people out and helping them out and putting them on stretchers and that growth of him through the entire movie. I think Pattinson nailed it perfectly. Mm -hmm. He became more than just a dark knight. He became a true hero. Yeah, I think we see the the birth of Batman as as I don't know if you want to call him a superhero, but certainly as a, as a hero to a city that really needs him. Um, and uh, that that's what I was thinking. Like when I came out of the movie, I did think that the third act because there's a point where you think that the movie is kind of over, right? I mean, he, after he catches the Riddler. And they have the confrontation and you're like, okay, and then how long is this, you know, how long are we going here? And then there's this whole other subplot uh, or main plot about like the flooding of Gotham and then the scenes at the stadium and everything like that. And coming out of the theater, I was like, man, that seemed like it was tacked on at the end. Did they really need it? And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, they, that's the really, that's the point of this movie is the point of this movie is, you know, he's, he's wallowing in his vengeance mode, but then he gets called on it because he's, he's running across another guy who was inspired by his vengeance mode and is just taking it up another level. Because when, you know, when they, when they confront the, 
Riddler's wannabes at the stadium, you know, one of them says, like, I am vengeance and spits his 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 words right at back in front of him. And so he's like, that's when he decides you can see in his face, too. And, and Pattinson does a great job, even through the mask. Great design of the mask, too, and the eyes, especially. You can really, I think more than any other Batman actor, you can really see his eyes. Uh, well, maybe Adam West. But, um, uh, but, you know, and so that's when he decides, I have to do more. I have to be better. The city needs me right now, not just to, like, take these guys and put them in down, but to help the city. Um, and I, I would not be surprised. I'm surprised there wasn't a thing at the end about Bruce sort of getting more involved and donating more money to the cause and everything. Like, cause I definitely see the way he's going to do it from both sides, uh, now, but, um, but I really appreciated that. And that sort of makes him evolve. I think I, I do think it was kind of clunky though. I don't know if I would have done it quite that way because I did think that, you know, there's a time where you're like, oh, this movie's kind of winding down. It's a bit over. And then it's like, oh, no, now it's really something. It's, we're flooding. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, it, it, it took me a bit to get back into that. But uh, uh, Alex? I, I actually disagree with you on that um, because it proves one thing that we haven't seen in the other Batman movies. Just because you stop the villain doesn't mean the crime is going to stop as well. Mm-hmm. He'd already got the ball rolling. And um, I, I I have been watching uh, um, Law and Order Criminal Intent uh, along with my wife. And um, this whole season, they've been doing a thing in which the black web or the dark web uh, is being utilized and people are hacking things and trying to take over stuff uh, solely so that they can, uh, uh, you know, so a lot of the stuff that was being done in the Batman uh, was actually, I've actually been watching being done on law and order criminal intent. So to see the similarities between the two, I'm like, Oh, okay. So just because they captured the bad guy, the crime that he started is not going to stop. And I like the way they did that. The idea of, of getting these people who are, for lack of a better word, um, angry at the universe. Sure. Um, but that being said, they had a reason to be angry. The product that was supposed to be given to them was being taken by corrupt politicians. Um, you know, so you have that. So I actually like the idea of um, I've stopped the bad guy. Wait, what? The, 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 the stuff is still bad? I like that. Because again, for somebody, and, and Commissioner Gordon or, or James Gordon actually says early on, we've known each other for two years. I don't know your name. Right. Um, so clearly, Batman, the Batman has been around for two years at this point. Um, and, and, you know, the, you know, and, and yet this stuff is still going on. So uh, I, I really liked how Pattinson uh, utilized it. And I was reading that Matt Reeves actually based Bruce Wayne. Off of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, uh, which yeah, the is now I'm like, oh, oh, okay, somebody famous who wants to be left alone. Now I want to see it again because <laughs> now I want to see how it, you know, how that translates. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was. Uh, uh, but I, I really like the fact uh, of 
of of of that. And as far as the pacing, yes, because you do get that surprise lull. Yep. Um, where he's he's there, but you mentioned uh, Batman coming out of the shadows. The Riddler did it too, and mm. I think he did it better. Because okay. the I moment agree. in which the, the moment the, the first time we see the Riddler and all we see are the glasses and you don't know that it's glasses. Oh right, right. Until you realize that there's somebody standing there. Right. Um is is just such a great moment. And that's it, that's credit to to Matt and and the lighting team and and the camera team and, and all of that for giving such a great shot. Um, and, and giving us that point where we all go, oh, oh, something bad's about to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's um, just standing there forever. You're just like, turn around, turn around. Very calm, <laughs> very patient about the whole thing. <laughs> and he's just motionless, waiting for him to turn. Well, finally, I think he gets tired of waiting because I don't think he actually turns around. No, he, he kind of goes does. to move. Yeah. And, and he has to leap at him like, okay, you're not going to turn around. Oh, screw it. I'm just going to kill you then. Yeah. Yeah, um, in the most horrifying way possible. Well, no, we find out later that there's even more. Oh, there's no, there more. Are worse ways there's, to go. there's more. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into more horrifying ways to kill people, as well as other things, we're going to take a quick break and then uh, come back with more the Batman. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment, and this week it's all about the music and the literary worlds colliding. This week, um, music legend, movie star, cultural icon, all-around beloved person, Dolly Parton has teamed up with the best-selling writer in history, I believe, uh, James Patterson, on a novel that's out this week. It's called Run, Rose, Run. Uh, It's about a young woman that comes to Nashville, surprise, surprise, to follow her dreams, but she's being chased by a dark secret from her past. It's paired up with an album from Dolly, just Dolly, not James, um, that explores some scenes from the book. So this week, book and music from Dolly Parton. And you got to love her response to being nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She said, I'll just have to make a rock and roll album. That's the Dolly attitude. If it doesn't exist... You make it come to be. And next month, goddess Janelle Monet is adding author to her long resume. Uh, she is co-writing a book of short stories with a group of female and non-binary writers. It's called The Memory Librarian and Other Stories of Dirty Computer. Um, this is exploring some themes that she's gone into in her albums, uh, what she calls the Afrofuturistic world. Uh, exploring queerness, race, gender plurality, and love in a dystopian society and finding your freedom from that. So that will be out April 19th. And before we go, we need to say travel on well to Mark Lanigan of Queens of the Stone Age and Screaming Trees, who passed away last month at age 57. And to Gary Brooker, who was the composer and the vocalist for Procol Harum and... He was the singer on a song that is absolutely iconic. Uh, You just have to use that term, Wider Shade of Pale. And I think it's affectionate and not disrespectful to pay tribute. Go to YouTube and type Wider Shade of Pale Muppets and take your choice or pick both. Pick both. Um, You can get um, the Muppets theme sung to the tune of Wider Shade of Pale 
or Whiter Shade, sung to the tune of the Muppets theme, and they both come from the British radio show Sorry I Haven't a Clue, which is really funny stuff. So check that out this week when you get a moment. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, and we will catch you next time. It was the dawn of another podcast. The Epsilon 3 is a dream given form. It's a home away from home for three guys to watch a 90s sci-fi classic TV show. Three guys with microphones over 3,249 miles apart, all alone in the night. The year is 2021. The name of the station is Babylon 5. The name of the podcast is the Epsilon 3. Veer, bring me a drink. Welcome back. Now it's time to talk further about the Batman. The Batman. Um, I want to, uh, before the break, I want to piggyback on something that uh, Alex was saying about the, uh, the, there's a wonderful scene, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where you do get the confrontation between the Batman and Riddler in, in Arkham Asylum. Um, I think it's Arkham, right? At that point, yeah. Mm, um, no, but oh, when he was in, when he was caught already, and he was already yeah, yeah. Scott, yeah. There that was our that, that's at Arkham. Yeah, yeah, his mom's his his mom's house. Yeah. Um, which is a weird twist. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I still think about that. But um, anyway, um, I, I love the fact that there are right there are there are cross purposes there because. You know, Bruce is no longer really mainly concerned of what the Riddler's doing because he pretty much thinks the Riddler's caught. He wants to, you know, he's trying to protect his identity at that point. He's worried that the Riddler's going to spill it. Um, and the Riddler, of course, is worried that the Batman's going to find out his secret, which is that he's got these big plans for to to flood Gotham and everything. So they're they're, but they don't know what each other's secret is, but they're confronting each other. And I just thought it was really interesting, especially when, you know, Ed says, Edward says to Bat- the Batman, he's like, you know, you're not as smart as I gave you credit for. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, you're not that <laughs> smart either, because it's right in front of you who this guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can't see that either. So, um, but he once- was monologuing. He was totally monologuing there. Well, what's great is that once, you know, Bruce doesn't do or Batman doesn't do what he wants him to do. Then he has a, you know, he goes from cool and collected and fine to having a anxiety attack to, to like blow the roof off the place. Like I just thought that was very well done. Um, And just such a great scene between uh, the two actors. And I love scenes. I love movies that have great scenes with their, when they have their two main characters, like confront each other like that. Um, Sometimes you don't get it. Sometimes you don't get it. Even even in a Marvel movie, sometimes you don't get it. Uh, but uh, here we did, and I thought that was good. So, um, and and I do like the the Batman's journey. Um, I just like I said, I thought it was a little bit bumpy, but I do like the idea that they it has ramifications. And I think the ramifications, to your point, Alex, I think they're going to be found like across, like from now on, from the second movie and the third movie. I think you're there. This Riddler has opened the door. Right. And we see sort of hints of that 
at the end of this movie, right? Yeah. So um, before we get to talking about the end of the movie and where it can go from here, um, let's talk about more of the cast. We've kind of mentioned some of them. Um, James, what's somebody else in the cast, a character that you really liked in this movie? I thought Colin Farrell, I know it was mentioned before, did an amazing job as the Penguin. I loved how... It could have Sorry? been just as easy, though, to get Richard Kind. You know, it wouldn't have been yes. that much makeup, though. <laughs> no, but he wouldn't done. He wouldn't have done near as good of a job. No, and I love. No. I've I never love seen the, Richard Kind do this. <laughs> I love the aspect of the penguin not being a ball shit. He's yeah. a mid-level guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's in charge of the club and then forty-four below, but he's still wor- working for Falcone, and. The way that that played out between him and Bat, excuse me, the Batman, I loved it. You know, at first come in, they had a, you know, good casual conversation trying to get information. And then he comes back and decides to bounce him off a few walls in his office. I thought that was great the way that, the way that you know, those two things interacted with one another. And then at the very, well, not the end, but when Falcone gets, you know, popped in the head, uh, you know, finding out that he was the rat and the penguin figuring that out. And, you know, I'm going to shoot you. I, I didn't shoot and all that. I thought that was great. How everyone assumed the penguin, but then, you know, it was something else. Mm-hmm. I think Colin Farrell, amazing job. Penguin. I'd love to, I would, I'd go back to see the movie just to see Colin Farrell again, because I think he did an amazing job. Colin well, I Farrell. think we're going to see more of him as well. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. Colin Farrell was Fredo Corleone. Yeah? He was Fredo. He wanted oh, power. Right. He wasn't strong enough to get it himself. And he was willing to piggyback on the back of somebody to get it. So I, I loved uh, uh, Farrell. I thought Farrell was a phenomenal choice uh, after seeing it. Uh, and I think that's something I'm just going to have to remember the next time there's a Batman movie that you just don't, you, you, you sit there and go, the casting is fine. We, we don't, we don't question the casting. No. And even though I knew it was Colin Farrell, when I saw the penguin, I'm like, that's not Colin Farrell. There's no way. I couldn't see you, any of Colin You couldn't Farrell. see it. Me neither. I couldn't see any of Colin Farrell. In it. So I think that the makeup department and those guys did an amazing job on transforming him, you know, a, heartthrob or whatever you want to call it into this scarred up overweight kind of disgusting person. And you couldn't tell that it was comfort. Yeah. So kudos to them. Yeah. I don't think it'll be remembered a year from now when it's time, but I mean, it is Oscar worthy. The makeup and the performance are both Oscar worthy. Mm-hmm. This this movie will more than likely still get nominated for best uh, for best makeup. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, how cool would it be to see like you know two actors playing the Joker get Academy Awards, and then a guy playing the Penguin get an Academy Award? Like mm-hmm. that would be like <laughs> play a Batman villain. <laughs> you might get, get an, an award. Get an Oscar. Exactly. Uh, Ashley, what about you? What's somebody else from the cast that you appreciated? Actually, I'm gonna. Uh, pick uh, a bit of an unconventional character and I'm going to pick the city of Gotham. I really liked how this film made Gotham its own unique place. In some past Batman stories, it seems like, oh, this kind of seems like New York City or Chicago. But to me, this really felt like its own unique city with its own vibe. It felt like 
they had created this real place, but was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And so I really appreciated how the cinematography and just the lighting and the music really gave it a sense of place. And I think this might be my favorite version of Gotham that I've seen on screen. And in terms of actual characters, I really liked Zoe Kravitz as a Catwoman, Selena Kyle. I would really like to see her again. I hope she will show up. I liked the chemistry she had um, with Robert Pattinson. And I would like to see them kind of continue as, are they working together? Are they enemies? Kind of keep that intriguing dynamic going. Yeah. So it was great. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing a solo film with her. Yeah. Uh, but they definitely pulled a lot of um, elements from uh, some of the great comics with Catwoman in it for her character as well. Um, I really appreciated that. Uh, Alex, what about you? Any other performances that uh, I mean, we, we kind of keep talking about Jeffrey Wright. Uh, <laughs> You're not. He's amazing. He's amazing in the role. And the thing is, is like, I don't know him from many things. Like I know him from the hunger games. Um, and when I saw him in this, I was like, Oh crap, he can walk, you know? Um, <laughs> So, like, you, you know, you see a guy that, and he's he's one of those that guys. He's like, oh yeah, I, I've seen him in that movie. I've, I, I, that's you know, couldn't tell you his name to save my life until now. Um, and I think he was spectacular in this role because he plays a no nonsense uh, uh, Gordon who just wants to be a good cop. And when they're arresting uh, uh, Falcone, who John Turturro, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, John Turturro, can you come in and play a gangster? Yeah. yeah okay. You know, <laughs> we'd like you to play John Turturro. Play a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how he gets into all these movies. <laughs> See? There you go. So you say you need lighting for your film. Anyway. Um you know, I, I think that, that, you know, when, when he's taking them out and you see all these police officers ready to arrest him and he sits there and says, you know, uh, maybe you don't own all of the cops in Gotham. Uh, it's just like, that is such a burn line. Uh, and it's so good. It's so good because of it. Um, I, I think that one's, uh, I think uh, uh, Jeffrey Wright just, he doesn't steal every scene he's in, but he's perfect in every scene he's in. No, he he enhances it. Yes. He he enhances it. Um, and there have been, you know, look, um, the character of, of Captain James Gordon or Commissioner Gordon or whatever. Teddy is, Gordon. Is, or... Yeah, exactly. At some point, is, going to be Commissioner Gordon. Is, uh, yeah, exactly. A future... <laughs> future commissioner gordon um is always important to me for a lot of reasons but uh mainly you know just the last name i want to make sure it keeps up with the uh quality right but um and we've had some amazing actors i mean in the nolan movies i mean gary oldman come on like you know that i thought well, it's not going to get any better than that and then jk simmons does a really great job in in the justice uh, league movies um but Oh man, Jeffrey Wright's got to be my favorite. I mean, I he is you know he's impressed me with his performances in Angels in America as well as Westworld. Like both of those things, I uh, put him high on my list of premium quality actors. And in this, he 
he like he like he just enhances every scene um he's in and it's and it's a great depiction of gordon probably one of the best yet um and that's no slouch on the other guys but this is probably the best written uh yes. character of gordon that we've had that we've had because he's really interacting with them and they're working as a team yeah. mm-hmm. uh as you said as you said alex he says at one point he says i don't even know your name I've known you for two years. I don't even know your name. But then like just a short time later, he goes, you're the only one I trust. Yeah. And, and, and both are true. (laughs) You know, Uh, um, it's amazing. Uh, It's so good. So good. Mike, what about you? Is anybody we left out? Oh, Jesus. Well, of course, Alfred. Alfred. Yes. Come on. You had Gollum as, you know, basically playing Alfred. <laughs> it's a Matt Reeves movie. You had Caesar. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. And, you know, it's it's so awesome. This was a really good version of Alfred. You know, you've had so many different amazing versions, including um, the Alfred they had on Gotham, which was, you know, John Pertwee's son, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this one seems modeled a lot on that, or in that vein. Very much so. Very much so, including him having the cane to walk because he was injured, Mm -hmm. you know, and during the war and stuff. And it was real interesting, and I was so glad that they did not kill him off. I was like, oh, geez. Because it really looked like that was the (laughs) route. I yeah. did. I, I was like, yeah. Between me going, how stupid are you for are you for opening that? To, oh my god, we're gonna lose Alfred here. Um, yeah, I was not the second I father figure lost. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. I was like, are that, is that how dark is this gonna get? Exactly, and it's like, oh, he's gonna become even a spirit of vengeance, even more so now. And that scene where he wakes up. That scene where Andy, where, where Alfred wakes up and he looks over at, at at Bruce, and we see just how much Batman is in Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's not. I'm so happy you're okay. It's none of that. It's you lied to me. Yep. Those were the yep. first words out of his mouth, and I am convinced that this Alfred probably is actually Bruce Wayne's real father. <laughs> uh, but possibly. Uh, I'm just saying, if Martha Arkham was as crazy as she was, things could happen. Um, but- well, we kind of understand why Bruce is like thinks the way he does now. Oh, because yeah. It's like, like mm, you know, he didn't go like he didn't devote himself to being like a lawyer or a policeman or working with the feds or anything like that. No, no. He decides it's going to be a good idea to dress up like a bat and, you know. And punch some people out. Like that's his. That's his answer to crime. Yep. And it's like, mm, I think, uh, yeah, maybe he does have a little bit of crazy in his genes. No, kind of explains a lot in that part. It really does. Said, yeah. And it was it was very interesting, and it made sense the hit that they did on Thomas, and you know because he was going to go to the cops because of, and confess what he did, and Falcone you know, going to stop him. It was, it was so amazing how everything tied together. We didn't, like I said earlier, we didn't need to see an origin. Everyone knows the origin, you know, and everything. And you got, you got to know more about Thomas Wayne in this than you had pretty much in any of the other Batman movies. Yeah. That's the ironic thing. We don't, we don't see the origin, but yet we learn more about his backstory and his parents than we've ever had. Like it's, it's there. Like we don't, 
it doesn't, we don't need to replay it again, but it's all, it's talked about. It's there. Like it's there throughout the whole movie. It's, it's a, it's a dark shadow across the whole movie. No, you're right. Um, it completely is. But no, Andy Serkis did an amazing job. I think he, he popped up very quickly to one of my favorite Alfreds. Yeah. And it was the casting in this whole movie. I don't think there was anyone who disappointed me. That's the thing. And yeah, even little moment, like even little roles, like the mayor. I mean, I love Rupert Penry Jones. I've seen him in a bunch of things, most notably uh, Spooks or MI5, whatever you want to call it in the States. But, um, you know, he was, I think at one year he was ta- like, at one time he was touted to be the next James Bond. And I was like, wow, when I saw him in this, I was really happy. And uh, yeah, there's just um, a lot of great. Got a great roles, and even mm-hmm. and even the casting of maybe a future villain or two uh, appears in this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into the 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 ending. The uh, well, I don't think we're going to talk really much about the 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 end scene after credit scene because no, it's... I actually want to talk about that. Okay, because, okay. No, no, because <laughs> I was mad as hell. When was so because like the end credits is like twenty minutes long, and then the end credits hit or finish, and we have that one thing, and it's the cursor, and it says goodbye, and then there's a flash of something, and I'm gonna have flash of something. Pause on that to figure out what that was because it may be the encryption uh, code that you need to see the Thomas Wayne uh, campaign video. Um, Even so, it's like what what's the big deal about that? Here's why. Here's why I'm fascinated by this, because I was talking to the guy in the theater with me, and we both thought originally this was going to be Long Halloween, and then it became the Hush story. And he had indicated that, yeah, it seemed kind of weird because they, they really went with the Hush route with it, um, and, and Riddler is teased as Hush, but is not Hush. And then in the animated movie, Hush is the Riddler. Right. The Riddler's in Arkham Asylum. Who's behind the keyboard at the end of the movie? That's a good question. I, I, I don't think we ever meet Thomas Elliot. No. So I just think that that when when first seeing it, I was angry. And when I had a second of clarity to realize, wait a minute, who typed it? If Riddler's in jail and went, Oh crap. We may not have seen who the real villain was. I was very happy at that point. So I truly feel <laughs> that, that the, 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 the bonus ending while not worth sitting through all the credits for <laughs> is still a tremendous scene. I thought it was beautiful too. How they, where they caught the Riddler at, at the Nighthawks diner, you know, it was yes. such an homage to the painting. And, oh right, yeah. and it was awesome. And then when they showed, they then they panned and looked into the the coffee mug cup, and it was the, the question mark and everything. Yeah, that was already had been in the trailers, and I was yeah. a little bit disappointed to see that um, because it came up. I was like, oh, I've already seen this scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I like the fact that he was just more than willing uh, to go into to prison because that was where there was going to have the best view. And and in prison or in Arkham Asylum, we also get our first look at what maybe you mean Joker. unseen Arkham prisoner. 
Yeah. Uh, played by Barry Kogan. Uh, Keegan? Kogan? Keegan? Like right? Kogan. Kogan? Uh, great actor. It was uh, in uh, Green Knight uh, that I saw last year. He also um, saw him I've in Internals. Him. Yeah, I've seen him in... Yeah, that's right. Internals, right. So, um, you know, this is another superhero thing for him. But maybe he's playing a bad guy. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Reeves has said that this is not... This is not the Joker Joker. So, um, I mean, what, you know, and it is kind of confusing to have that Joker group at the beginning. Like, has the Joker already happened or is it going to happen? Like, are these inspired by the Joker or the Joker is, is going to be inspired by whatever's going on with these guys? Like, there's a lot of questions there as far as the Joker goes, because it's really difficult to talk about Batman or the Batman without mentioning the Joker. And he's always like the elephant in the room like he's like when is he gonna appear has he already appeared like you know what is the plan for him um what do you guys think about all of that stuff well i want to throw one other little thing in real quick the that joker gang there was the one kid who i think had his face half done oh yeah and the initiate the initiate exactly and part of me was thinking tim drake tim drake or you know one one of the other robins possible yeah. Well, you got another plot. You got another possibility too with that that mayor's kid. Yeah. Uh, that Bruce took a, yeah. a sort of uh, interest in. It's like, is he going to get an application? You know, to, in the mail mm-hmm. to like be my Robin. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. That initiate goes off to law school, and his last name is Dent because that boy had two faces. Half a face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be. That Possible. could be. Possible. Um, yeah, there was a, uh, and I want to say maybe it was the Dark Knight Returns, um, actually had a Joker gang in it. Yes. Um, uh, and I think that's where they got that, the inspiration for this from, because Lord knows they took from everybody else. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they took from everything. A little bit of everything. Yes. Somebody sat there and said, we have three hours to fill, fill it. Um. And uh, yeah, so I think that uh, I think that's maybe where they got the inspiration from this from. Um, but if Joker is already in Arkham Asylum, uh, currently residing as unseen Arkham patient, um, <laughs> or excuse me, Arkham prisoner, uh, that um, maybe they were inspired uh, by the Joker. But they did all black and white on their face paint. And we know the Joker is a little flashier than that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I, I noticed, too, that w- in order to uh, help himself out, we'll say, during the um, the big fight scene at the end, Bruce resorts to using Venom to power up. Um and I thought, oh my goodness, here we go. Now that's opening a door for possibly Bane coming in, right? Like it's like they mm-hmm. they opened a lot of doors with the ending of this, uh, towards the end of this. Um, Ashley is I I don't know if you caught any of these or if any of these excite you or where do you do you have any idea where you would like the series to go after this? Yeah, I would say that before seeing this movie, if they'd said we're going to get another version of Joker. I'd be like, you know what? We've seen quite a few portrayals. Do we need to see another one? But he's had his own movie. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I feel like that Matt Reeves take was so unique and interesting. I would be game actually to see 
some of these classic villains again, because I think he could do a good job doing something different than what we've seen before. So I'm actually open to it now. You know, I would be interested in seeing a different version of Bane or Joker or some of these other characters that we've seen in previous Batman films. If he continues to kind of keep that detective tone and film noir type story, I think it could be really cool to see some of these classic villains show up in this new uh, universe. My one biggest criticism, I think, of the movie, um, and this is a nitpick, but, uh, well, besides the font, I didn't like the, the font that they used for the Batman. I just didn't, it, it didn't strike where, me as where, Batman. Like, but that's a, that's a, that's a really small nitpick. But I mean, when you start, when you had to pick on the font, uh, but, but really, I, I didn't care for the costume design of the Riddler. I like the character of the Riddler. I like the way he was written. I just don't like, I just didn't like the, the sort of S and M mask thing uh, that he was wearing. I just I didn't. kept on thinking, bring out the gimp. That's okay. Yeah. I just, I was like, Ugh, that's, I mean, it's, it, it, it added to the creep factor. I'll give it that. But I just, I just didn't like that. So, and I guess I wasn't supposed to, but you know, as far as like, you know, imagery goes, I just didn't, didn't care for that but uh i liked the fact that our main characters when using masks were using common materials yes um, yes that that we cool. were not getting you know oh he's wearing teflon no um you know w- what we got is because the close-ups of the batman's mask you could see the stitching of the leather um, with the riddler's mask lord help me you could see the stitching of the leather um <laughs> And Catwoman so wore a stitched beanie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was pretty simple. I kept waiting oh, yeah. for her to be given, like, the leather cap. And yet she never got it. And I was like, I like that. Because it grounds the movie in realism. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what we needed. Um, uh, to Because there's a lot of sensationalism in this film. So to have little touches like that where you're not focused on it, but rather it's sitting in the back of your mind. And later on, you can sit there and go, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I have an opinion on that when I didn't even realize I was thinking about it. Yeah. To add to the realism, I thought the Batcave was extreme. One of the most realistic Batcaves we've ever seen. The yep. car obviously is just a souped up, you know, car it doesn't look like it doesn't look too outlandish um yet and and i love the fact that you know in the beginning we're sort of wondering like what shadow batman's going to come out of um and it just so happens he comes out of the one with the greatest threat you know with all these joker guys you know and everything um but it makes sense because it's actually earned because that's the way he gets in and out of the city he is from the subway tunnels yeah. like he's using that network to get around he not only does he go from above but he also uh, works from below, too. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so good elements there. Um, what else do we want to see? We, we are pretty sure we're getting a Gotham series on HBO Max. Uh, where I believe we're also getting a Penguin series. Um, so I don't think they can call it Oz. Uh, but I think HBO already has a series called Oz. But um, oh yeah, uh, uh, James, any idea of like what you want to see from that? Are you willing? Are, are you ready to get some more into this world? Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, one of the things that kind of stuck out for me is, you know, my comic book experience with this is limited, but the is Gotham 
New York or is it another city or is Metropolis New York? And they, the thought process. And it seemed like this movie, it definitely solidified that it was New York. You see the Angle Iron Building. You see all the bridges are coming in. You see Gotham's um, Madison Square Garden version or whatever. So that was kind of unique. But going back to what Ash just said, I'd like to see a series on maybe other aspects of Gotham. Who else is there? You know, you know, we got so many so many different villains. But going back to what you said with Venom, I freaked out. When I'm like, that was green. And the guy next to me, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's Venom. <laughs> well, no, that's a bar. Like, no, Venom for Bane. He goes, what? Because he didn't, he had never seen that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, and at that the Venom. end, we're having a conversation. <laughs> not, not, not that Venom. Yeah, not that Venom. I'm like, <laughs> we're having a conversation. What he uses, what Bane uses to increase his you know, adrenaline and his strength and his endurance and all of that. You know, you kind of go back to the older, well, I think I believe it was what, the Clooney Batman, where they had the Bane version. But I'm like Kilmer. Yes, yes. Uh, and mm-hmm. no, yeah. he, no, it was no, it was it the was version. A, it was it the was version. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, where he used the venom. I'm like, yeah, man, I want to see that because Bane's always been one of my favorite characters, and not to badmouth any movie, but the <laughs> other Bane that we won't mention to me was not really Bane to me. So, but I, I would love to see more about Gotham, how it got to where it is, where it's going to be going, you know, and then some of the other characters like Penguin and Bane and Two-Face, you know, all of that going in there, like how they, you know, how they're going to interact in this Batman universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alex, what about you? Where do you want to see it go from here? I just want to see it to continue moving forward. Um, I, I, you know, don't oversaturate. Yes. Give us, uh, give us enough story to go around. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, they've laid a hell of a foundation, uh, right now for what they can go with. We will see Oz come to power as the penguin. We will be able to see more than likely, uh, you know, cause he's not dead. The return of the Riddler and, getting together with and possibly working with the Joker and the idea of the two of them working together uh, is intriguing to me because all the Riddler wanted was someone to be there by his side Uh to see it all go down. Uh And the Joker's the kind of guy that will be like, as long as I can manipulate you to do what I want, I'm more than happy to stand by your side. So exactly. I, th- I think we've got a real really, chance to see both of those happen. That was really cool about it too. Cause he was expecting Batman to be on his side to yeah. see eye to eye. And it was just like, Nope. Cause that's why he was writing and giving the clues to Batman yep. to figure it yeah. out. I thought they were like two peas in a pod. That parallel between the two of them, you know, they both write in a journal. They both love riddles. They both love intrigue. Mm-hmm. They both love solving you know things. They're both highly intelligent. But when they confront each other, you know, Batman realizes maybe to himself, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't go down this dark road. I'll end up like the Riddler. But the Riddler realizes, hey, Batman isn't like me at all. And then that's where the strife begins. I love that that parallel in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, we've got four other DC-related movies coming out this year. Yep. 
and they have a lot to li- they have a lot to live up to, uh, including. You want to talk about a dark shadow over Batman franchise? We've got Michael Keaton coming back in Flashpoint, coming back as as Batman or as Bruce Wayne coming up as well. So you know, I don't know. I mean, Rob's just getting started. I don't know if he needs another like knock like this so early, but um, does it bother you that they don't fit? together that they're all their own thing or that dc's just throwing stuff at the wall see what works and what doesn't that's what i love about dc and it's always been about dc is there's multiple earths they can have batman's living you know there could be a batfleck there can be a michael keaton batman and now you have a rob batman and you know what i think they all can fit in and you know michael keaton's coming back for two films because he's coming not back, just not for Flashpoint. He's also coming back for Batgirl. Yeah, and I heard that so, too. so you know he's going to be Batman for that. But then you know, and they've talked about it even on the Flash TV show with the different Flashes. And so you know, let him have different Batmans. I don't want to see this Batman in a Justice League or anything. Maybe eventually having. A Robin or something, but I don't think for a couple films, I want to see him still do his thing and grow. And I, there's so much potential with this Batman. I left that film thinking, wow, now we have the Batman I was been waiting for. And I don't feel like he needs a a throat lozenge afterwards, which is even better. (laughs) So it was, it was pretty cool. The multiple Batman it worked for Marvel, right? How many yeah. Spider-Mans do we have? Why yeah. Not? yeah. Well, exactly. And that's the cool thing about it. And then, you know, on top of it, you're going to – you have animated Batmans and you have all these – you know, Keanu Reeves was just announced today, yesterday or today, that he's going to be Batman in an animated movie with the Super Pets. Super Pets. Yeah. And so, you know, sure, do it all the way. But, you know, this here, you know, they're going to have a lot to live up to after this movie. It's going to be hard to beat this one. Yeah. And on that note, let's find out where you guys, I mean, it seems like we all really liked it. <laughs> so let's find out how much. Uh, Ashley, do you want to rate it? Uh, I don't, you feel free to use whatever method of rating system you want. You can I'm... compare it to other Batman movies, other DC movies, just movies in general. I'm going to give it eight out of 10 batterings and I feel like it could <laughs> possibly go even higher after I get a chance to see it again. Cause it's definitely one that there's so much going on that I feel like you need a little time to sit and think about this movie to let it settle. And then I'd like to see it again to see what details I missed. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Alex. Uh, you know what? I'm also going to give it eight, uh, no eight and a half batterings. Well, you just have to one upper, huh? Yeah, well, well, <laughs> or half upper? I, I, I didn't one upper. I half upper. Um, because you know what? You know what I'm giving the half for the cool way that his batarang clipped to his uh, to his chest. That was very <laughs> I cool. I thought that was awesome. Um, I this you was, know there's a story behind that too. Oh, I'm but, sure there is. There's that's that's the gun that uh, killed the Waynes that he put into the made it into the symbol. Oh, okay, I was pretty sure that was a bat logo, but that's okay. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, I, I really I enjoyed it greatly. 
Uh, I thought it was a, a fantastically done movie. It doesn't get a 10 for me simply because it didn't need to be three hours. It just didn't need to be. So give it eight and a half. And like Ashley said, I could easily go higher uh, with a repeat with a second viewing, but it is a movie I want to see again. Just don't know if I want to see it again in the theaters. Right. No, I, I agree. I agree. Well, you just wait 45 days, right? And then boom, it's, you can see it as many times. You have it on a loop in your house. Just keep constantly like, oh, yeah, this, well, it's still better than watching the news. I think, uh, uh, James, what about you? Uh, where do you rank this one? Well, it's by far my favorite Batman movie. And to keep with the trend with uh, Alex and Ash, I'm giving it an eight point six battering. Oh, it gets a little higher each it time. Gets the gets the little bit extra because I am a car guy, and having the Plymouth Barracuda as the Batmobile, and uh, then having the Corvette as his main ride was amazing for me. It wasn't a Bentley, it wasn't a Rolls. You know, it was American Muscle, and I love American Muscle. It's so that's what gets Mopar an extra car. Exactly, exactly. Great. I love I love the Carson movie. Yeah, and 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 real quick because uh, you just reminded me of one thing that I really wanted to talk about in a second in this movie, and I'll just edit. But the chase scene in this movie, the car chase scene in this movie, I thought was really well done. We've seen car chases a billion times. Uh, this is a pretty unique way of shooting it. Um, I, uh, was reminded of, uh, Alfred Hitchcock actually, when he did a, uh, car chase for his last movie, um, he deliberately kept the camera inside the car and you got to see like the, the people in the car's point of view as the car was going down the road. He never really showed you the exterior of the car. And I think Matt Reeves takes it a little bit like we're hanging on the side of the car. <laughs> like we're like hanging on the rear view mirror or the side view mirror through most of the, the chase. And I'm like, that's very unusual, but it works. It's very thrilling. Like being, being on a car and, and sort of hanging out on the side really makes you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm really feeling this. Uh, Mike, what about, uh, what about you? What's your, what's your ranking? Uh, 25. <laughs> so there we go. You know, my show, my rankings. So there you go. <laughs> that That's a lot. That's pretty big. No, I loved it. It's probably, I thought I loved Spider-Man, for, but it's for different reasons. This, you know, Batman and I have a long history, and I am finally glad to see him on screen. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I was mulling this over, and I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, I can't quite, see, it's getting higher every time, right? Although I can't beat 25. So, um, you know, uh, that's, that's the, you know, we're, we're great on a curve. Um, so we'll just throw that the highest and the lowest out. But, um, this, uh, no, this, I felt like this was really close to one of my favorite Batman stories ever. Um, the only ones that right now I would put above it is, uh, Nolan's dark Knight Cause I still think that's the masterpiece and mask of the phantasm. That was like, you know, it's an animated movie and it doesn't maybe get enough credit, but I'm like, that is a beautiful Batman story, a beautiful Batman movie that um, I think is perfect on so many levels. Um, and it's got my favorite actor that plays Batman in it. Um, so uh, I, uh, so those two, I kind of still put higher as far as my ranking of Batman movies goes. But to your point, Ashley, the more I see this, the more I probably would appreciate it as well. There's so much to get into, but we, you know, we made a, we made a, a stab at it. Uh, I think we did pretty well. 
but obviously we want to hear more thoughts that if you guys, if you listeners have it, have some thoughts. If there's something that we missed, let us know. If there's something else that you want us to cover uh, regarding this film or any other, please let us know. And uh, that's, uh, that's it. We'll be right back and we'll close out the show. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about The Boys Diabolical. Diabolical is an eight-episode cartoon companion to The Boys TV show. Most of the cartoons do not have much to do with the actual story from The Boys, though, except for two of them. So if you haven't seen The Boys yet, you can still watch this and enjoy it. The two episodes that actually do fit into the story narrative, though, are episode three, where we learn a bit more about the butcher's war on soups, and Episode 8, which introduces Homelander to becoming part of the Seven. Both take place before Season 1, though. I really loved the different art styles and vastly different style of storytelling in each episode. We got a very classic Looney Tunes way of storytelling for the first episode, which was a lot of fun, especially in the animation style and the way they handle the characters. We see the blue-collar workers of Vought, influencers gone wrong, and a story of a young girl trying to keep her parents together. We also get a very anime-style episode written and voiced by Aquafina. So that one was probably one of my favorites because it was just so weird. There's even an episode written by the boys' original comic book writer, Garth Ennis. Each episode starts out with a very cute and whimsical storyboard of Butcher's really, really cute dog, and I really love the anthology comic book feel from the entire season. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? You're going to have to listen to find out. Hey, Dad. What's the Soul Forge podcast? The Soul Forge podcast is all about life, the universe, and everything. Is it good for kids? Oh, no. It's not good for kids. Is it geeky? Oh, it can be geeky, but it can also be serious. We talk about life, sex, dating, and mental health, and so much more. Where can you find the Soul Forge podcast? You can find it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and the ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I wanted to thank everyone for joining us tonight. James, you made it through your second episode with us, my friend. Yes, yes. Great time. Uh, you know, had a lot of fun. Well, anything you want to shout out about or, you know, promote or anything? Yeah, I'm going to promote uh, the Warrior Sailing Program. You know, you guys know I'm a, I'm a, a vet. Uh, they help rehabilitate um, wounded soldiers, PTSD, or actual missing limbs or whatever. It's totally free. Uh, they bring you out to their location, wherever they may be at. Mine was San Diego, and they teach you how to sell in the water as a rehabilitation program. You, they pay for your hotel. They pay for your food. They pay for your sailing lessons, and you actually come out with a basic sailboat license so you can actually continue on. Uh, like I said, if you guys are interested, go check out Warrior Sailing Program. Uh, it's for any veteran who is disabled or uh has PTSD. It's a great program. I love my, my my time there. I actually enjoyed it so much that I continued on and got my own private uh, certifications. I can actually now sell around the world on up to a fifty-two foot catamaran. So wow, that's awesome. That is amazing, man. Wow, that, that is that's very cool. cool. 
Awesome. And we'll have a link to that up in our show notes. So definitely check that out. And let's thank our movie crew for being here. Of course, Alex Autry. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Um, I, uh, uh, due to uh, some personal issues, wasn't able to be here for December uh, for Matrix and uh, Kingsman. Uh, so I'm glad to be back here. Uh, this glad week. to have you, my friend. Absolutely. Very glad to. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, at this point in time, uh, especially as we're you know coming out of pandemic issues or people have just gotten tired of trying to stop it. Um, I, this is a great time to once again support your local theaters, um, both movie and stage. Um, there's a lot of, of places that didn't have any shows at all through the months of January and February. Um, and they're hurting. So if you can, uh, take the time, donate your time or donate your money to support them. Nope. Totally agree with that. My friend totally agree with that. And without local theater, you know, the arts will disappear and too much waste of so much talent to the people don't even take advantage. And a lot of times it's a lot cheaper than even going to the movies. So yep. definitely, definitely worth checking out. And Ashley, thank you as always for being here. Oh, thank you. I had a lot of fun discussing the Batman with everybody. Oh, you know, you've been on quite a bit recently. I think I'll give you a little bit of a break after this. All oh. right. It's <laughs> cash in some of that paid vacation time. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, you could even take the ESO jet. You know, that's all right. Trade. That sounds great. She's <laughs> getting paid. Mm-hmm. Well, if you were here for December, you could have gotten paid too. So, even I'm getting paid. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. You know, see, all right, you know? Alex, I'm not getting paid either. Yeah, well, you're getting paid in ESO money, so it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like as, I Bitcoin, said, as I said, only worthless. That's what I said. <laughs> like, yeah. like Bitcoin's not. No. <laughs> So exactly like Bitcoin then. Ashley, anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I just wanted to give a uh, quick shout out to my dad tonight. Over this past weekend, he entered his first cosplay contest. He went to a local con and he developed a really cool mashup of Grand Admiral Thrawn from Star Wars and Admiral Kirk from Star Trek. And he won second place in the beginners category. So was really proud of him for researching his costume and uh, putting together all the makeup and cosplay stuff. So now I feel like I got to step up my game because my dad's a a prize-winning cosplayer, so I have to (laughs) get to work on my own stuff to punch it up a level, but just wanted to give him a shout-out tonight. That is awesome. That is really awesome. Congratulations to your dad. And, you know, it's pretty cool when you see so many different people getting into with their passions and what they love. It's pretty cool. Very, very cool. And, of course, Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to uh, this past week. Uh, they um, they solidified deposits for rooms for Dragon Con, at least as far as the Western goes, which is my hotel of preference for Dragon Con. And it was a little bumpy for me uh, to reserve my room, uh, but uh, Cheryl at the Western and the Marriott uh, group. Helped me out a lot, and I really appreciate that. So I'm going to give her a special shout-out. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to staying at the Westin. I still don't have my, um, you know, status as far as how I'm I'm going to attend, but uh, I know I'm going to be attending in some form, uh, and I'm glad to have a place to stay to do so. 
Worst comes to worst, we'll go as Batman. <laughs> we'll just go in through the skylights. It'll be okay. We'll just be in the shadows. You'll never exactly. know what will appear. Exactly. ESO. There you go. So awesome. <laughs> a couple of different things. I have been seeing other podcasts again. I want to do a big shout out to uh, our friends over at the Geek Geeky Dad podcast. I appeared and we did an interview with me. And we also talked about Lost in Space, not the new series that was on Netflix, but the original series. Had a blast doing that. And thank you to Ralph for having me on and enjoyed that greatly. Uh, Mike and I are going to be appearing this week on the Odd Man podcast. That should be on Wednesday. And I think he does a show live. So I believe so, yeah. So definitely by, look by for the people, Man. By the time people are hearing this, they will have missed it anyway. But. Well, our patrons won't because <laughs> this goes on tomorrow. So there you go. So uh, good stuff with that. Um, so I wanted to do that. Uh, Mike and I are go going to our first con of the year. And we are actually, actually the 19th and 20th of March. We are going to be at Atlanta Comic Con. That's right. They moved the date up from July, surprising everybody. And they are going to be the 18th, 19th, and 20th at the Atlanta, was it, what is it called? The convention? It's the Georgia World Congress Center. Georgia World Congress Center. So check it out. And we are going to be doing panels. On Saturday and Sunday, we're going to do, be doing Podcasting 101, and then we are going to be doing uh, a Doctor Who panel, and we are going to also be doing a Marvel MCU panel. So it's you know going to be kind of fun to talk all about that kind of stuff. And like when we did our Marvel MCU panel at Atlanta Comic Con, what, three years ago, we had a packed room. I think it was one of the largest audiences we've ever what was in front it was standing room only oh yeah it was great and you know it was really scary because you know we're not used to being in front of those big crowds but it was a lot of fun and atlanta comic-con is a great great show and it's a, it's a newer con here in atlanta and but they do a great great job and thank you for inviting us back and we're gonna have a blast it's gonna be myself mike gordon and michael faulkner will be joining us for all three panels so it should be a a great time for all of us and you know if you're there stop by and say howdy definitely would love to see you and that's my shout outs for right now i got other st stuff i'll talk to you guys about next week but speaking of next week we're not out of the action films yet and almost someone who is just almost as great as batman let's talk about john wick and we are going to be talking all about john wick next week that's right we're going to be talking about the first three films and you know what we promise not to hurt a single puppy in this one. So we definitely promise to do not do that because, you know, we don't want him coming after us by any means. That would be bad. I think having Batman would be bad. But John Wick, I just kiss my ass goodbye. So it should be a ton of fun to talk all about John Wick. But until then, of course, you know, as we like to say on the show, you can find us at earthstation1.com. We have a Facebook group. We have a great, great um, community there. Check us out. We also have a Twitter and we have an ESO Network Instagram. Eventually we'll do an EarthStation. I think we're going to do an EarthStation 1 Instagram also pretty soon. I think we need to do it. You know, mostly covers of the photos and pictures of us recording. And yeah, we'll put up different stuff. You know, stuff we see at cons and, you know, things like that. I think as we grow and do that. We want to build an audience there and Instagram is hip and cool with the kids. You know, how 
You never know. We might even find us up on TikTok someday. You never know. I don't know. All of us dancing while we're doing the podcast. I definitely could see that happening right there. So it should be kind of cool. And as always, thanks for listening to the Air Station One podcast. We're hosted by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, and of course, Mike Gordon, Ashley Pauls, Alex Autry, and James Cantu. Thank you for listening. We will see you all next week. Please, folks, there's so much crap going on in the world. You know, just love your friends, love your neighbors, and, you know, we love you. And just take it easy. Peace, and we are done. Cheers. And remember, I am vengeance. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. I'm vengeance. 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 I'm vengeance